1: absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes
0: bombas big comfort for everyone go to bombas.com slash wondery and use
1: code wondery for 20 percent off your first purchase welcome to the nerds podcast number 665 and let's go to the nerdist community cork board one of our listeners who didn't give a name uh started a food tour company in memphis I'm assuming Tennessee and not Egypt, called vegan to veal which offers food tours, custom itineraries, and corporate consulting to individuals, families, and organizations who want to eat the best local food in Memphis. And I can attest, as a Memphian, there's a lot of good local food. Find out more info at VegantoVeal.com. That's T-O, VegantoVeal.com. And listener Ashley started a website where she sells her awesome crochet work. Gloves, hats, coasters, dolls, and more. Check it out at Raveled Stitch r-a-v-e-l-e-d stitch.com and Michael Davis just released free pixel art game that he'd love for people to play you can find more info and download it at icbm-game.com if you'd like to have your thing or event listed uh, on the Nerdist Community Corkboard you can either email us at events at com or go to com and uh, comment in the threads in the podcast threads uh, sign up Get your Nerdist username and and comment in the podcast thread, and we will continue to promote stuff that's going on in our community. This episode is my friend and sports writer, blogger, podcaster. Uh, Jonah Carey Who writes for Grantland And has a podcast Called the Jonah Carey Podcast He's a very, very good dude Really funny Really cool That has helped uh, Open me up more On my narrow perspectives On sports Um, I'm not watching sports yet However I am starting to understand The psychology of it More and more And it's just because I'm afraid of it Because I don't fully understand it That's all It's just because I'm afraid But you know I'm trying. I know a lot of you guys out there like it, and I'm not judging people for it anymore. Jonah has a book called Up, Up, and Away that is in uh, paperback form now, and it's all about the Montreal Expos, his favorite thing in the world. Um, I mean, outside, you know, family and stuff. But, uh, well, maybe, maybe. Jonah could tell you himself. But uh, Jonah Carey came back. It's been about a year and a half since he's been on, and uh, we were very, very, very happy to have him back. It's a great, very enlightening chat for me. Uh, As I try to expand my horizons. But here's Nerds Podcast number 665 with Jonah Carey. The other Jonah. Now entering
0: Nerdist.com.
1: Talking
0: about? Um talking about his stupid fantasy league. It's ridiculous.
2: It is it's the most and you're a hardcore sports guy and you think it's ridiculous. It's uh we did it two weeks ago. It was pitched to me by my buddy Dave Damashek, who works for NFL.com. It's called the League of Leagues. What is the League of Leagues? So okay, normal people play fantasy football or fantasy this. It's football, basketball, and baseball in one draft. You sit there for like twelve hours drafting, and I could literally trade like LeBron James for like Clayton Kershaw to play what fantasy? To fantasy, fantasy it's a fantasy. It's one fantasy league with all three sports in one. It is even by the standards of sports nerddom, it is. It trumps anything I've ever heard of. People <laughs> heard about this, are like, oh, how? What? How could you do this? And how do you? It.
1: How does? How is it determined who's has the best team? So. um...
2: Well, it's cumulative fantasy point. Like anything else, like just a normal fantasy, like the most touchdowns, the most. Again, we're talking to Chris Harwick. I know.
0: So, I, I understand Chris, that. Here's what happens in fantasy yeah. sports.
1: I'm not. I'm not kidding, and I apologize. I'm no. not kidding when I say I don't know how. Matt, Matt will
0: give you the I'll primer. bring it into yeah. the to okay. the level yeah. that Chris needs it at. Yeah. When you're rolling your fantasy team,
1: mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah, when you're rolling a character, it's yeah.
0: important to. Take a look at the uh, entire team. What you're doing is you're taking... Intelligence, charisma, dexterity, so intelligence, constitution. intelligence, that might be a pitcher, right? So you're going to... Each of these traits, you have to pull a fantasy player. Okay. So what you're doing is whatever that player then does in real life. So say you take, uh, say you take uh, Pablo Sandoval uh, from the Red Sox, and, and you want him as your third baseman. So you take him as your third baseman. Whatever he does in the game that day, if he gets, you know... Two hits, walks once, strike out, you know, the, that's going to be cumulative. You're going to get those points. So you get a, you know, a point for the hits. You get a point for the hits, a home run, so on and so forth. So it's whatever they do in real life that happens on your team.
1: I, I actually never knew that. Yeah, But that's very interesting, actually. Yeah. Like, I totally get why you would – because they're, they're basically – the dice rolling is essentially the probability – is what they're gonna do? Right. Like exactly, that, that's yeah. that's the unpredictable nature of that's the game element yeah. of it. Okay, I that's get if it. If it's I one
2: sport, it. it's all the sports together. Which a lot of people, especially fantasy football, everybody like. If you have the most casual interest in football, it's like your wife's sister's cousin. Like everybody plays, but to do it all in one, trust me. When this comes out, like on the comments, people will be like. How do I do this? Whatever. Do
1: you like, get to pick, or is it is there a generator that says you have to have this person? This no, person we draft. draft. You pick. You yeah. draft, and, and do so draft. It, like at the beginning
2: of it, it'll be like the first guy's a basketball guy, then a baseball guy, then a football guy, then you can trade football for baseball. And
0: then
1: okay, so if someone players. else has a player, then you can't have that person too. No, Direct. but I can trade for him, or okay, I, yeah. so, things can happen.
0: Yeah, we have to understand before we get into your crazy league. we have, yeah, to, we have to get the it. basics. You have, to, you have to talk about regular how a regular league would work. Fair. So you know, if you're playing, if you're in a league with like twelve people you're you're you have the entire field of MLB rosters so if you're just doing baseball there's like you know 700 players you can draft cuz you get the minor leaguers in there too and so on and so forth so then, everybody does the draft. You can do a snake draft. You can do, you know, it's just there's different types of drafts. You can draft do. snakes. You can draft snakes, sure. <laughs> but what you're dealing with in the whole situation is you don't know if someone is going to get injured for most of the year. If somebody's going to have a terrible year. If someone's going to have a comeback year. You know, you're just taking
1: that chance on all these players, and then you do your. So I guess your if you're super well nerdy you about it, you would you would do like a deep psychological profile of each person.
0: Oh, yeah. But you have to know if they they're
1: going to know go, go like, off the rails. Oh, they, they just divorced. went through a divorce. Yeah. Or they...
2: Uh, oh, yeah. they... Okay. Gotcha. Famously, there's guy named Frank Thomas. is One of the best baseball players, best hitters of all time, probably. And he had one bad year pretty much of his whole career. Like, up until the end, obviously, when he got old. But during his prime, he had one bad year. And it turned out that it was because he got a divorce. Like, it's a real thing. Someone who's... Stat- I saw the slugger's wife. There you go. <laughs> Somebody who's statsy like me doesn't really notice that stuff. But,
0: I mean, it it, does, it absolutely matters, for sure.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. so
0: he's in one that... Is encompassing like mad, hardcore? Major. Is like I've never heard. I of, like, can't even.
1: Katie fathom wants it. to join. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do understand the attraction of that because there, I understand the fantasy element. I obviously really appreciate. Yep. But also watching it kind of play out in real life. Yeah. Sort of like, um, like a roulette table, yeah. basically. Yeah, a
2: guy gets breaks his knee or whatever. You're watching, you're like, My, I guess you feel empathy for the guy, but mostly you're like, oh, that guy
1: deft me. Like I'm, I feel you, terrible. Be honest, you don't really feel empathy for that guy. You're just upset that your team. I, is I'm about Canadian, to get... so I feel like 10 percent empathy. But but you're like, it? oh, he'll just get free health care.
2: <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> in, two, in
0: 2004, I, told, I, I was at a Red Sox game, and I was out by the player parking lot, and I told Johnny Damon that he was on all three of my fantasy teams and he said really and i was like yeah he's like i'll see what i can do for you in that Ooh. game he hit two home runs wow <laughs> like wow. in seinfeld with
1: Paul deal <laughs> yes. with the kid <laughs> yes. that's amazing that's a am- that is great yeah that's, that's a great. great name too for an old johnny damon <laughs> here comes <laughs> johnny damon rounding the bases oh. coming to home he's sliding in the home and he is safe he's a handsome man yeah, he's a good looking guy he's uh, went to go uh, betray us all and join the yankees but whatever Wow, fantastic! Are you in fantasy leagues, Katie? Football. You're in fantasy football, just one league. Lately, yeah. Well, I mean, the past yeah. Got- How'd you do this past season? Got eight eight out of twelve. Cool. You got eight out of twelve. What? 8 out of of 12 You got 8 out of 12 (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm not doing a bit I know you're not I know people are like You don't know sports I genuinely don't know I'm asking Have you (laughs) ever been On Scarborough Country? (laughs) Yes, but we talked About bowling Oh, okay I
2: just came from there, by the way. The conversation is totally different in this room. room. <laughs> I would imagine.
1: It- <laughs> so you came in to that well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've gotten first place in the past years. But this year was hard because we have 12 teams, and we did a two-quarterback league. So each team could have uh, two quarterbacks, and there's not that many good quarterbacks. And so I ended up with Colin Kaepernick and Andy Dalton, who hurt. Mm-hmm.
1: just awful mm-hmm. no
0: offense to Colin, he is my quarterback but
1: um <laughs> no offense not to calling fantasy. a man off.
0: not not good in fantasy
1: so yeah wow that's amazing
0: Yeah, my yeah. dad's a fantasy beast like i've never beat him in a baseball league really yeah he just always making moves at like five o'clock in the morning i'll see my dad made a move i'm like that's what hardcore. the fuck are you doing
2: so as um LGofleagues.com. People can check out what the rosters look like and what the rules are and how you could set it up for yourself. And and the guy who um did someone have to
0: build a who a whole draft engine? So
2: he's working, he he built kind of a temporary thing like a Google Docs that basically you can draft each guy and it'll tell you if someone's been drafted. Like it's pretty good. But this will eventually, probably by the fall, we'll have a full engine. It's got him Toby Murgler will have a full engine. You'll be able to run everything. Right now we're just running it off of yeah. ESPN. SPN. Eventually you'll be able to do everything at once. LG of Leagues dot com and if you are a fantasy player and you're just in like oh, I'm kind of bored by my fantasy football league I think I want to get the Any- horse now like this is the move so I here. want
1: to include so so and then also so if you uh, I heard you guys are also including um uh you're also including uh, basketball and tennis so go to <laughs> lgbt.com. <laughs> um now basketball's in but oh, the
0: okay. There is a... I did Thanks one year in my... That was a quality yes and. I like that. I went on Yahoo
1: one year and, and started a fantasy golf team. Oh, wow. That's yeah. become
0: a big yeah. thing.
1: I guess ultimately any anything in which people are competing, you could create a fantasy People team. do it with Oscars all the time now and uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Chris, I think you should not get in on this.
2: <laughs> number one, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. And number
1: two, I'm not like... Someday, if I ever retire, that's a thing where I'd be like, okay, now I got yep. time to. But you know, uh, it's just sort of. I, I understand how time consuming it would be. Yeah. And I also know that you know if I'm going to do something, I I really need to do it to the you know hundred percent. Like yeah. I need to be because it's it's one of those things that I wouldn't want to just casually. Yep. I mean, again, I am. I would be starting from scratch. And I also know that I don't really have the passion about the source material to go and do all the research. Yep. So to put everything else on hold that I'm doing in my life for this thing that I don't really care about that much would probably be an unwise use of my time. I mean, I'm, I'm behind on things that I want to see, <laughs> you know, games that I want to play, you know. I, uh, I, so it's, it, this, this would be a tough sell. But, you know, maybe someday, I don't know, like I... I do, the way that you explain it, that nugget was sticky in my brain. Like, I do understand that. Aha, I see why that's interesting. In my case, it helps...
2: For the knowledge base, it's like if I know the backup second baseman for the Houston Astros, I write about baseball. That's a good. And, and despite how much I try to cover the sport, it's hard with all thirty teams. But if you're invested in fantasy, then you fo- you know everybody. You know the third relief pitcher and then this and then that.
1: You could really
2: like you could have like fantasy comptroller. Like there's anything where people anything. are. It should be like are there fantasy government leagues? Yeah, well, they have daily leagues now, which is like real gambling that is somehow legal. Uh, There's one called FanDuel There's one called DraftKings And those are They actually sponsor A bunch of podcasts and stuff And um
0: Not this one I assure you WTF probably I mean I assume so
2: Um but uh, yeah, you can you you set a lineup, and it could be like I draft. I want LeBron, then I want this kind of scrubby guy, but he's cheap, and this isn't. And so every day you can put forth a different lineup with salaries, and you're betting money on it. And you find that the demo tends to be like college kids or 22 or 23 yeah. year olds. And I'm just thinking to myself, I couldn't afford a tuna sandwich when I was in college. Right. These kids are going to go broke, and their parents are going to kick them out of the house. Kids, it's going take to be that
0: money, and put it into a Vanguard index fund. You know, there you a go, good mix of bonds and stocks. You want to take the. American stock market as well as the international get a global market in there. You're gonna have fun. Why are you giving people money advice, guys? I I, used to write about the stock market. I'm I'm loving this. Matt
1: spends all his money on old guitars.
0: Yeah, but you say that like it's not an investment. They don't depreciate. That's the thing. But
1: they're left-handed.
0: It's, they're more rare. Really? They're worth a little more. But that implies that you're going to
1: one day sell these yeah, guitars. Uh, if you, send... you had a child and the child needed an organ donor, you would send... still be
2: like, I'm not selling my, my – <laughs> you know, there's the, no way. Do you
1: know the worst, the worst thing that could happen, like if, if Matt's a bad person in life and ends up going to hell, it's not that he'd go to some place of fire and brimstone. <laughs> it's that he'd be a conscious <laughs> ghost living in his house watching his guitars get sold at a garage sale for like <laughs> –
0: no, hundred I end up in a
1: guitar center with no left-handed guitars.
0: <laughs> I, I am love it. I listen all day. I can't play anything, dude. Matt Myra fanfic. <laughs> Make it happen. I want to read it. No, I've been doing some. I've been doing some reading on um, index funds. It's been great. Anyway, <laughs> that was my life. I wrote about the stock market for a
2: decade. I had to do like that wasn't my normal skill set, but that's what my job was. well, that's wow.
1: that's essentially like that that that's also in the realm of of fantasy league because in a way it is, it is it's all numerical like, because you don't i mean, you are you are playing for real money, obviously, yeah. but it's like so much of it is theoretical. and you're you're it's like well, Historically, this happened, and so this, and then with this, with this with these I'll markets. Tell you what the, I've been
0: reading, it's crazy that anybody does actively managed mutual funds. I don't understand why you'd pay those fees. For something yeah, the loads can gonna be, gonna be like two and a half percent or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, it adds up. Vanguard index fund. Guess what? 008 percent. Come on. Of a uh,
1: of a commission fee. Well, of a, of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, essentially. And I what's mean, your really what's your
0: return annually? Uh, you average over, say, a ten year period, you'll average around ten or eleven percent. That's really good. It's hard to get consistent results over like six percent.
1: Yeah, but you can't buy you do, bonds
2: now. This is really going hardcore.
1: No, right. the, the stock market, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the stock market actually, it's, you know, it's another thing where I where bonds I have not are super slow right now. actively yeah. put a lot of money into the stock market because again. I don't want to just trust somebody. I don't want to go here take this money and do whatever you want but Tell I also yourself. don't want to take the time I don't have time yeah I mean like it's I very, read but everybody's like that before um, you know years ago before uh, before uh, John Stewart uh, humiliated Jim Cramer on television the uh, I read one of his books and it I, I can remember it was, was one of his earlier books and uh, and he basically says, like, if you don't plan on devoting X amount yep. of hours per week, this is not something for you to dabble in. This is real money, and, it, and you should be doing this amount of research, and this amount of... Yep. And I read the whole book, and at the end I was like, well, not going to do that, you know, because I just don't, I just don't have well, the not time. the." I read a Time that was
0: amazing, and it was by a Canadian, uh, The Millionaire Teacher. Have you read that book yet? No. It's amazing. It uh, essentially he lays it out in nine, nine rules. Essentially, what he's all about is low risk, low maintenance, something that you can deal with 10 minutes a year. Right. So, and it's essentially just dealing with you don't you get an index fund because you're going to get the 500 best stocks, best performing <laughs> stocks, you're getting all of them. So if it's a down year for the market, it's a down year for the market. But the next, you know... But it'll come back. The market is is inevitably in an uptrend. There there can be, obviously, bad situations. But if you literally just sit there, then it'll eventually go up. Yeah. And uh, he was also saying that you should... So you don't don't just put all your... You do your home country's stock market. So, you you know, if you're American, you do the American stock market. And then you want to not just deal with your own economy. So you take the rest of this money... So, you, get, you do about 70%. So, you do 35% in the American stock market, 35% in a global index fund that takes, you know, you don't have to go for specific you can You can choose the specific countries. Yeah. You can go with, uh, you know, China, India, you know, England's Brazil, always got yeah. a great, you know, Brazil's growing. Uh, and then you take the 30% and you put that into bonds. And the bonds, the reason behind the whole having an investment in bonds is that they are not going to take the hit that. Uh, the stock market's going to take. So but their if, growth potential is more or less nil It's right very now. tiny, yeah. yeah. Right now, it's, they're not doing anything. But you're not throwing your money away into the stock market yep. where it might dip. Your bond is always going to be worth what your bond is worth unless you're doing a company bond and then the company goes
1: bankrupt. But again, you're not going to Come shot! I just want to remind people of the podcast they were listening to. <laughs> so far, we spent twenty minutes talking about sports and stocks. Well, I mean, and now here comes traffic on the ones. <laughs> but
0: so yeah, you do a Vanguard uh, account, uh, and it's a very
1: it's a, well I, because a I'm sure a lot of people you know a lot of people listening probably feel overwhelmed by the choices like the places they have to invest their sure. money. I mean, I I've always. You know, uh, you, you, when I when you I,
2: actually have some now, so there's a dilemma about what to do sort of, with it. Well, because then you kind What's of wonder,
1: dilemma? like, what do people do with a hundred million dollars? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm definitely not at that place, but I mean, like, you Across know, you go, hard work is no. Well, that's what, what I just what, heard. What do people What do people do with a hundred million dollars? I mean, obviously, I'm sure I know it gets spread in a series. This is really fascinating. But right before we had Bill Gates on, um, obviously, I was doing some research on him. And in 2009, he was worth 15 billion dollars. Since 2009, his net worth has gone up to $80 billion. Oh, my God. Because he has pieces of, like, he owns a chunk of the Four Seasons chain. Like, he yeah. just owns... People will invest. Like, PayPal's getting
2: off the ground. Oh, that was a success. Diversifying. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Like, you just... They, they put their seed capital into things, and those things work out, and then it's great. Yeah, if you have money, you tend to make more money.
1: But but I also... Uh, but when I was young, a guy gave me a book called uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a book by a man named George S. Clayson. It's a very old book told in parable about how to build. Like It's basically the, 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 the main uh, – f- and it's a very short book, but it just sort of teaches saving techniques because obviously people get money and then they, and then they go, well, I got to pay back everything I owe money on <laughs> because we spend too much. Sure. Um, but this book basically says like take a minimum 10% and pay yourself first before you pay anyone else. Mm. And if you're in a situation where you can't do that, then just whatever you can and put it in, you know, put it away, hide it from yourself. Just put it away, automate that, uh, and over time, you will. It will. It really does start to amass yeah. in, in a way because we just we we basically just sort of live hand like you know hand to uh, hand to mouth paycheck to paycheck paycheck to paycheck, yeah. and uh, but. It's sort of like, when, I, I mean, I know if I go to for the, the rare times that I actually gamble in Las Vegas, but when I'm playing blackjack, if I'm winning, I'll just take a few chips and put them in my pocket and forget about them. I was them.
2: there two weeks ago. I did. I went on this crazy hot streak, and I quit after a short amount of time. I went like, for me, it was like several hundred dollars, which for me was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I left, and then I had like the three best steak dinners of my night, life, <laughs> life the next three nights. And my friends were pissed at me. Why would you do that? And I said, I still feel like I'm 20 years old. $100 to me. Is so I can't lose it. It would make me so upset. And that's, by the way, great if you're gambling. That means you're never going to lose a lot. Right. And, um, but then you find a way to cash out as well.
1: So, yeah, I'm totally like that. I, I will just I stick it in my pocket. I just I think, you know. It's like, a Jew in me, let's set, say. <laughs> set up an ING account yep. and then just do, uh, do an automatic transfer with every paycheck, just whatever. Sure, you could do that, Chris, if you like a low return. But what I'm telling you. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like this is this is just to build a nest egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you have, you can retire one day, or or have kids, or or whatever. Something you know, like something horrible happens. Something unforeseen and horrible happens that you have a little bit of reserve to fall back on. Now, I I think you really should forget about this money and just let it build over time. But after one, two, three, five years, it'll. I mean. Someone earning a modest wage could end up socking away yeah. a couple hundred thousand dollars it. in a very short period. As of time. into
0: as into guitars and in Star Trek as I am, mm-hmm. I feel like I am now as into wealth building. Cool. I, I, I you and really I should chat about this. So this is good. Well, it. It just so made what, me Think of a name for your show, <clears throat> Guitar Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh,
2: the um, the one thing that the American system has is that this whole idea of matching four uh, one ks and stuff that's kind of genius. Like I mean. So I work for Disney, which is a gigantic company, and up to 5% of my paycheck, they'll, if I put it away, they'll match it. Right. Even if your stocks or whatever it is that you – mutual fund you own isn't much, you're getting you're free money getting from money. someone. So if you work for a big company, my advice to you is I understand it's very hard to save money, but you'll, you'll never see it. It doesn't arrive to your house. The paycheck gets – the 5% gets farmed out somewhere else do that that 's like the number one piece of advice let 's like just
1: assume that most people there are small little things that they 're not doing right now, just one or two easy steps that they could be doing yep. to at least somewhat improve their situation for the long term but I know it 's obviously very hard because you know we want to survive and, and yeah. survival mode forces us to think short term and so some people aren 't necessarily in the situation where they can where they can it depends on age everybody 's broken their 20s but I and, also, but yeah. I also remember that when I was in college. Yeah. As broke as I was, I always found money for beer. I don't know how. It's yeah. like you always find yeah. money for the like even when you're at your brokest, yep. you still find you're still like, oh well, true. I'm gonna get this guitar because I like there's still money hidden. So, you know, one thing I would tell people to do is just like, you know, get IBank or Quicken or something, track every dollar. It's yeah. not that hard. Like when you get up in the morning, you know, have it automated so that it automatically downloads and you can just quickly categorize your money, like you're spending, so that A, you know how much you're spending, and B, at the end of the year, all of your transactions are categorized, and you don't have to go through your taxes You don't gone. have to go through that it's, for hours. Yeah. It takes literally three minutes a day if you were to, like, the first thing you do when you wake up, just automatically categorize your transactions. We're trying, we try,
0: our goal, Dory and I, our goal this year is to have paid for the wedding, have a Not. Jewish wedding? Uh, I was going to really say a half. Choose, okay, because right? if that's happening,
2: ain't no chance you're paying for the wedding. <laughs> no,
0: we're grown adults. Okay, uh, so uh, pay for the wedding and uh, have zero credit card debt, and have uh, we want to have at least twenty five thousand towards the down payment on a house. Mm. So that's our goal for the end of the year, and we are on track to nice. make that happen. That's good. You can yeah. do that.
1: Yeah, it's easy, but but you but I think for most people it's difficult. Like you can't start manipulating. Money until you know what's coming in and where right. it's going because you yeah. really do, you know, so, so few people actually pull cash out of their pocket anymore right. that you don't even. I mean, it is like plastic is so with intangible, chips. yeah. It's like, it's like, Ugh. I mean, it's how Vegas tricks you into spending so much money because they're like, oh, these are chips. They don't, they're just, this, I mean, it tricks you. It's, you know, I still have money,
0: cash money from the last time I was in Vegas. Oh, you do? Yeah. Nice. I, ugh, I crushed it over there. Nice. What'd you play? Roulette. Roulette's a weird. G- I never played roulette at all. And then I have a
2: couple buddies who like to play it, and there's a casino. Maybe, I live in Denver, maybe mm. 40 minutes outside the city. So you just kind of hop in your car and you go over there, and um, they say, "Okay, we're playing roulette." I said, "Okay, roulette." And we sit down or stand up, I guess, and uh, we start getting. I'm losing a couple, and I'm like, I'll "Put it in for 100, 200." I'm almost done. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, somebody else joined, so I had to switch colors of chips. They said, oh, can you give us these chips or we're going to give you other chips? And they gave me peach color chips. I hit my number Four times in a row after that, whoa, I put you know, I scattered over three or four numbers, but still. And so, my buddies to this day, those two buddies call me Peaches. They're like, Peaches, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how nicknames are born because
1: that pays like 36 to one or something it crazy. Does. Yeah, so, yeah. even if I'm splashing chips around, it might pay nine to one because it's you know, one of four My squares, mom always so. says, you know, my mom, uh, she's like, when you go to Roulette, when you go to Vegas play these six numbers and they're basically like one number from each of the six pie pieces on mm-hmm. the wheel so that the probability is that you know there's a higher probability that
0: one of those six numbers will come up well here's the thing you got to realize in roulette each spin is an independent individual it's right event around. it's its own thing so you can't sort of spread it like that but no when black oh, comes up four can. times red's
1: gonna come up the fifth time i <laughs> well, you know it that's why i'm going to put all my money there's on red there's literally so... something
0: called the gambler's fallacy that is exactly <laughs> what that is back to my uh more of my readings uh reading Casino Royale I believe I've told you this but I don't think I've said it on the podcast Uh, James Bond Ian Fleming lays out James Bond's roulette gambling strategy in like the second chapter where he just discusses how he's up like five million francs and here's what he does so what James Bond does and again this is European roulette so there's one zero not two zeros Uh, but what James Bond does is he puts half he takes half of his money and he splits it up between the first twelve numbers and the last twelve numbers that way they pay three to one mm-hmm. if you hit either of those, they pay three to one. So your losses So there's like a two thirds chance that you're gonna hit. Yeah, there's a yeah. You know, relative two thirds chance that you're, that you're going to hit it. And then what he does is which is something I also do, which is he sits out spins, like he just sits and watches the board. Hmm. And then if he's doing well, he then decides to just, just while getting blown by a secret agent, just for a spin, he'll throw it
2: on even. It's kind of a wussy move for James Bond to be spl- like spreading over twelve
0: numbers. Just put it all on
2: number five or whatever. <laughs> James Bond wouldn't do that. Well, the James movie Bond James
0: Bond it. would do that. The right. The fiscally book, conservative. The book literary literary James Bond, James Bond is uh, Ian Fleming.
1: <laughs> in America, he'll put uh, he'll put some down on double O and then some down on seven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he would do that. He might do that. It'd be a fun
0: thing to do.
2: Yep. So I came today and with a uh, couple of things I actually wanted to just chat with you about. Like, I, I saw your show in Denver, by the way, which was great. Fun conference was awesome. People should go see oh, it. It was you. great. Thank you. Uh, I brought my wife. We, She was enchanted by you, and we had a lovely conversation. Um and, uh, and I'm a regular listener of the show. And I listened to the Kroll episode recently. There's like 100 Kroll yeah. episodes. Yeah. But um, he was talking about the idea of being socially awkward. And you were saying that you feel that you are. And he definitely said that he is. When someone meets you, you come across as, as bubbly and, and this and that. But there's a way to be introverted and still do that. And... Um, I wouldn't call myself an introvert exactly, but I definitely have those proclivities, and I've kind of come out of it because my career has advanced and all these things. And I'm interested from your perspective because you do strike me as an actual introvert. You are doing these high-pro things. You're you're hosting a goddamn TV show, you know. You're on the red carpet or whatever. How do you? Do you just kind of turn on the switch? It's like it's Chris Hardwick time, like magic time, like like Jack Lemon, or how does that work? Because I'm like I well, still a, stare at
1: myself in the mirror. I still
0: and struggle I'm like, with it a little. It's bit. Chris
1: Hardwick time.
0: There's no. a scene in Boogie Nights that is exactly what he does.
1: He stares at his big dick. Yeah, and he and goes, I go, "Come on," <laughs> and then I say to Bert Reynolds, "You're not the king of me." <laughs> I say, "When we fuck, Jack," <laughs> and I lick my lips. Um, I mean, uh, I I think. I think not all social situations are created equally. Yep. So, you know, if it's if it's my show, I'm a little bit more comfortable because it's my I mean, I, I'm sure there are control issues, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'm at um a stranger's party and I don't know anyone, then I and then it's just like, and then I just get real gun shy, you know. Mm-hmm. Eh. Also um but when I'm in environments like I mean, I've just been hosting shows for so long right. that it's. I mean, I mean, now this is. I've been hosting shows for tw- twenty-one years. Like, wow. I, I just have a lot of. Uh, Since it's, the it's, days when people actually valued
2: vaccines, that's right. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> I, we talked about that last time. I'm still going to bring it back. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Vaccinate your kids, please,
2: please, uh, please do,
1: please, for the rest of us. <laughs> Don't have, be a dumb I have,
2: dumb. I have uh, twins who are in kindergarten. And Twindergarten? The, Twindergarten. the number one state for measles right now in kindergarten, they just did a survey, is Colorado. Oh. Because there's a combination of like really, really like super duper crunchy people, like kind of you know, right. holistic. And then there's a lot of liber- – by the way, all these pe- – I don't have a problem with any of these people. I'm just saying in terms of risk factors for people who don't vaccinate, that's one. Another one is if you're hyper libertarian to the point that like you think the government is trying to get you. And then there's extremely uh, religious people. Again, those are all fine, lovely people. A lot of
1: extremes, but it's
2: a lot of extremes, and it all comes together in this soup of a weird state. And and my kids are in this, and they've obviously been vaccinated, but it's like it's just scary as hell.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really do. Uh, are, are they going to start mandating now? That uh, are they going to start mandating vaccinations?
2: They what's happening is there is there's opposing forces. So some states are trying, you know, depending on the legislator, is are trying to put forth these religious exemptions to make it less uh, stringent, and what's happening is there's now a pushback against that. Like, if the first wave was kind of, we don't want to be vaccinated. Here's what we're going to do. Now other people are coming, and by the way, from all per- political sides, it's not a one thing or the other, <laughs> and they're saying... No, no, we need to do this. And so there's a debate about this because anything that is absolutely mandatory in society freaks people out. Yeah, well,
1: look, listen, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some area in New Mexico that we can fence off for people and go, you know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. Go live here with other people who don't
2: <laughs> I, I got a really, like, horrible cough a few weeks ago, and I thought it might be whooping cough. And the thing is that a, there's certain, like, <coughs> like whoop, whoop, <laughs> <coughs> whoop. whoop. The um, MMR is the measles and mumps and, and rubella and everybody gets that when they're kids. But there's another one that's tetanus and whooping cough and uh, and uh, one other one. And that you're supposed to do every like five years. You keep going as an adult and who the hell does that? Nobody does If you go into, I don't know, somewhere abroad or whatever, maybe you'll do it. Or if you step on a nail, you get a tetanus shot but you won't do it. And it makes you more cognizant of your own health if you have kids. You're like, I, I need, am I up to date? Do I need to do this thing? I did not have whooping cough in the end. It uh, yeah, worked out well
1: that you didn't have whooping
2: cough. It did work out pretty well because I usually... you know, Did use you get my, your booster? I got my booster. My, listen, my horrible Seth Rogen voice, it's very important that it be left intact. <laughs> so I have
1: to do what I have to do. I got miner's lung. I got spastic... Rectum, rickets, 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 scurvy, scurvy, <laughs> All shingles. Of it. But
2: yeah, so, so you're saying socially awkwardness. It has to do with the context of it, and and you can get over. I mean, the the, the party thing is an interesting one because I had that for a while, and then what started happening is, is my career went along because I'm a sports guy and a stocks guy. Quite frankly, ninety nine percent of dudes at a given party. Oh, what do you do? I write for Grandland. <gasps> oh, well, let's talk about my fancy basketball team or let's talk about this. Or if it's not that, they'd be like, what do you do? I write about the stock market. Tell them, what should I do with my uh, 401k? Da-da-da-da. And so there's automatic entries. Whereas if you go to a party, mind you, if you go to Silver Lake, it's going to be a different demographic to go somewhere else. But they might not all be into whatever, World of Warcraft or whatever it is that you like. Specifically, sports is this galvanizer that just bros like sports. So it's easy. So even if I would feel a little uncomfortable at this party, I become somebody that people want to talk to, and then I have an easy entry, and then it's easy.
1: Yeah, we went, um, Liddy and I went to dinner the other night with, uh, uh, with a, a man who was a famous football player. No. And uh, is he a 49er? No. Oh, Katie was excited. No, he told me her. Okay. OJ? Yeah. What? Was it O.J.? No, it was O.J. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And we went to a steak dinner, and he was like, if I had done it, and then he showed me on the steak, like, I would have done it. But uh, but it was funny, because with this, this guy, and he was very nice, but I, I was like, I got to be on. I mean, I know you're, I know that you play football, but I don't know anything about sports. Mm-hmm. And I kind of half expected it to be like, oh. But he was, re- it was actually relieved. He was doesn't like, want to talk about it. Oh, wow. That's great because usually it's all you know, like people are all sportsy, and and I don't, and I am I am constantly in situations where I don't know how to respond because people just automatically assume things uh, because I'm a guy that yeah. I must know these things, and I do, and I don't ever know how to respond, and there's always I always there's always sort of a disappointment. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really. I don't know anything about that stuff. There's always like a, oh, and then the conversation just like halts. Hmm. There's never any other like, so what else do you like? It's just like, oh, you didn't know this thing, door closed. So I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice if there was a transitional thing. Well, now I can pretend that I understand something about fantasy sports. I think so. <laughs> but it's just Did funny. Did you sp- roll your baseball team? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny how sports just became the one galvanizer that people rallied around. Like, I, I mean, I feel like honestly, if you went to a party and you talked about Star Wars, most people are into that too. Well, a party that I went would go to, yes, no, but I think that's pretty like most people. Yeah, I think the general public
0: now likes Star Wars, but people don't
2: casually jump into you know the origin story of Boba Fett. Like it's just not how it works. Whereas you could talk about the Lakers in a second.
1: I understand that the that the majority of people have seen Star Wars, but I promise you, the majority of people do not talk about Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. If you are at a party, yeah, if you're at a party and you talk about you know, anything beyond, hey, new Star Wars coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's just people. I mean, I've been that guy mm. at a party where I think, oh, I have an open door. I can talk about, you know, I can talk about... Uh, uh, well, like, so someone came up to me at, at um, just at speaking of environments and I'm not entirely comfortable and it was an Oscar party and, and these people came up and were like, oh, we, you know, we love Walking Dead. That's and, cool. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I, I because I was so... Sort of starved to to connect with someone at this event where I didn't really feel like I had much in common with anyone. I immediately was like, "Oh, are you reading the comics? And I, and I sort of went off in this whole thing about the comics and this character that's in the comics that it seems like they're leading toward in the show, but I'm not one hundred percent sure, but it feels like it and uh, and, and I just lost them <laughs> like it was I thought, oh man. Of anyone, I thought that would be, uh, but no. Well, Game of
2: Thrones is like that, right? Like, I have no, I have not read the books, and so I'll be like, oh, Thrones, this, 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 and I'll start in on something, and I think because I'm such an avid fan of the TV show, they'll say something, and I'll go, wait, what? And they'll go, oh, I just assumed that you'd read the books. And they're like, oh, great, now I know that these five people are all going to die or whatever. And yeah, it's just, it's this weird, even if you're hardcore about something, there are levels of, like, for instance, having three fantasy leagues and one fantasy league is more hardcore than... You know, two of your associates
1: who are quite hardcore. That's why I think that because a few years ago, people would say, uh, "Well, you know, is, is nerd culture in, in, in danger of becoming too diluted because there's so many fringe nerds now?" Mm. And 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 I would always say, well, "Fringe is off of Fox now. I don't think have to worry about that, Chris." Ah, well played, Wordsmith. <laughs> but uh, but and I would always say. It's not in any danger because there are there are still trenches that only real nerds will go down that are safe. Those are safe depths. Normies cannot breathe. Norm. They cannot. They are not evolved to handle water pressure at that level that those trenches go down. And I still get you know, and and I and I still, and I get accused of you know like I see, I see it on Reddit all the time where people are. Some guy the other day goes. Uh, there was a there was a there was a, a, a top, It was a topic about um, you know who's someone that you rationally hate, and this guy's like, I fucking hate Chris Hardwick. He's he tried to, he just tried to get rich off nerd culture, and he. Um, and there's no reason for Talking Dead to exist other than that he just wanted to get on a te- t. Did he just wanted to make a TV show? And I was like, well, that's not how TV works because no. I would have a <laughs> you thousand can snap shows. Your fingers, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not how that works at all.
2: By the way, are normies people go to a George Wendt convention. Is that how that works?
1: Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be great. Now, see, you're referencing you're referencing Norman George Wendt, and we just had a screening of Fletch the other night at CineFamily. Family. Cool. For the Wayne Fetterman International Film Festival. That's <laughs> <certain> <laughs> international. That's what it's called. It fledge holds up, by the way. There's certain movies that are, I feel like everybody's, you know, like The Godfather.
2: There's certain older movies that people have seen, but then there's like pockets of movies from the 80s, early 90s that are so good, and just people haven't seen it that Like the new generation. I, haven't seen I it don't
1: always recommend you go back and see your favorite movies from your childhood. Or if you do, yeah. don't make the mistake. You should have a pre screen process. Like if you haven't seen something for a long time, don't make the mistake of saying to your friends or significant other, you know what movie we gotta watch? Let's watch Short Circuit Two. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. You, like, you should have a pre-screen before you involve other people because then you'll be with this. Like, I don't. I mean, I remember it being. I mean, I don't know what happened. You I go Fletch. I think if I'm remembering
2: right, Fletch was th- that started in book form too, and I did read it those, did. And I liked those, and I like those, and and the movies
1: are great. Yeah. Well, the one movie's great. Yeah, the one where started the one movie's Lids great. Yeah, kind yeah. of an abomination. Right. But It's funny. Michael Ritchie directed Fletch, and then the next year. He directed two films. He directed Wildcats and The Golden Child. Or they, those are the ones that came out. Man, the next I remember year. those movies so well.
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember
1: the rap in Wildcats. You don't have to at, worry, the, at end. the end,
2: football. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that it was very melodic. It was well. You remember I'm that younger no. than we
1: are. There was a rap in the closing. Uh, Wildcats was Goldie Hawn basically takes over coaching a, a yep. football oh, team. Oh, now I remember. And that. at the end, there's like a rap. Yeah, very. Golden Child
2: too, yeah. There's there's all these. Mo- you're right. Some of them don't. Some of them. Golden don't. Child, I think is that. There's one of those movies that absolutely holds up really well. That might be the one.
1: There's one. Well, they Golden Child. I don't think holds up very well. I mean, it was it's kind very of a, esoteric. It was kind of a weird movie when yeah. it came out. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, awesome. Uh, I haven't seen that in a while. Three o'clock high, one of the best films of the '80s and one of the most underrated films of the '80s. Mm. But I think that was Phil Giovannu, right? Am I right, Kyle? I think it was Phil Giovannu who directed, what he directed? Rattle and Hum? He directed a bunch of stuff. I think yeah. he, he directed that Punisher short that uh, came out a couple years ago with Tom, Tom Jane. Yeah, And uh, but it's, it's a movie that a lot of things were derivative of, but without people realizing they were derivative yeah. of it. Uh, so that, that's a great movie. Well, hell,
2: well if we're going to go to Chris Hardwick land, Night Shift.
1: Night Shift, their, yes. I mean, yeah. The, yeah. Still, yeah. totally, yeah. totally holds up. Yeah. What about what else? What else do you like? Uh,
2: well, my favorite movie of all time is Raiders, but that's such a, a iconic movie or whatever, but it is from that era. Um, what are the good... See, here's the thing. I've, I've said this before. Um, if I were ever to switch teams, and I don't need... I'm happily married, but if I was ever to go to the other side, it would be for peak Val Kilmer.
1: <laughs> peak Val Kilmer. Wait, top secret. Real genius Val Kilmer, top secret Val Kilmer, or top gun Val Kilmer?
2: Yes, all those things. And uh, there's a movie called The Salt and Sea, which came out in the 90s. Have you seen that? You they, They're nodding. You haven't? Okay, nobody's seen this movie. I've... It's amazing. It's about the meth trade around the Salton Sea part of California, very uh, desolate and whatever, and Vincent D'Onofrio plays this walked-out guy, and it is more, its is – I'm very – I like film noir and stuff. Amazing. They're nodding their heads off. It's so freaking good. But
1: there good. was a uh, – before Fletch the other night, CineFamily showed a preview for this documentary – all about the the making of the Island of Doctor Moreau, hmm. and it looks amazing. Just about how many? It's like all these people are going like Brando was fucking crazy. Like he's the one that spotted the the small version of himself that they have in the movie. Oh, really? Like it was like it, walking he, down he, Sunset or whatever. No, he he was on like a, he was on a talent show or something. Yeah. And so Brando was almost like, dress him up like me. Like all this sort of weird <laughs> mini me stuff. And, uh, but one of the producers said something. And people are like dishing about the movie. One of the producers was like, uh, Val Kilmer is such a prick. If I were making a movie called "The Life of Val Kilmer," I wouldn't work with him. It was like that's amazing. So I think I think Val was a little strange. Beck, well, he but-
2: is. He he was and is. There's a great article. Actually, this guy's now my colleague Chuck Klosterman, and he wrote a piece about Val Kilmer from a few years ago for, like Esquire or something. Just Google Chuck Klosterman Val Kilmer, and it's so interesting because you get a window. He did become really weird, and it talks about it, but it also humanizes him. I mean, the thing is. This is a whole other debate, but I, I, I just consume the art. Like, I grew up in an era where I, I just liked Guns and Roses. Right. Axel's not a good guy at all. <laughs> at all, at all, at all. And I was a pretty uh, socially conscious teenager, four-teenager, but I would struggle with it because I'd be like, appetite rules, like, use illusion rules. What am I going to do with this but in the eighties, in the 80s, you didn't know that.
0: You fucking rioted.
2: The- I went I was at the Montreal riot. That was the famous concert. That this concert was Faith No More, Metallica and Guns N' Roses. I was like 17 or 18 and I was a uh, counselor at summer camp. I had to get a, like a special dispensation day off to go to this concert. I had a friend who had like his grandfather was vice president of Ticketmaster we had like first row tickets. Slash is playing right next to us. We miss Faith no more because we didn't care. We go see Metallica. 45 minutes into the show, J- they have pyrotechnics James Headfield's hair lights on fire. They're gone. That's the end of the Metallica show. Now people are getting antsy, and Montreal is like a very high-energy, like, flashpoint kind of place. Two hours and 15 minutes we wait for Guns N' Roses. This isn't a stadium. It's the Olympic Stadium where the, my, my team, the Montreal Expos, plays. 70,000 people there. Women are flashing the scoreboard. People are, like, starting fights. Like, it's getting crazy. Guns N' Roses comes on. The first song you know, should be like "Welcome to the Jungle." They do some like fourth-rate song, whatever. And Ax- and Axel's sitting; he's not even standing. He's sitting on the stage like this. Does a couple more songs, very lackluster. They all leave except Slash. Slash does a, a guitar solo, awesome for about a minute. He leaves. That's it. That's the end of the show. Giant riot, break down the stadium. Da 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 da. They did like four songs total, and it was and and we, and it was just such a big deal. This concert, this was one of those like super concerts of the era, and and. Uh, Man, oh, man, we were so pissed.
0: That was a, is that the one where James Hetfield has his whole arm got burned and he couldn't yeah. play guitar? And he had, the, they yeah. had Metallica kept going and his guitar tech knew all the Metallica songs. So Hetfield would just sing and the guitar tech played H- Hetfield's parts on guitar.
1: Now, that's a fucking band. Yeah. That is a band who will, who will stick it out and be like, fuck it. We're G&R, gonna... no. Metallica, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway. Well, so things th- haven't worked out great for Axel?
2: No which maybe come up it's i don't know. But
1: you know but you know i <laughs> maybe come up it's karma. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how the universe works. But so in the 80s in the 80s because of a because of a lack of means to deep dive and find out. Yeah, like true. Y- you didn't really know that much about people personally. Yeah. So it's you know yeah, now of course, stuff came out later. And i, I heard these know. crazy stories about Axel and, and i and again this is alleged i don't know if they're yep. true but you know Stories like I oh, love. on on one of their songs, you can hear him fucking the drummer's girlfriend in one song. Yeah, and, and then- uh,
2: it's so easy. Or Night Train? Well, it's on Appetite. Yeah, there's like they, they play a vo of a woman moaning basically, and it's meant to simulate something. Yeah, yeah. That's but I don't know if that's a real story or uh, it it's a good it legendary. Me. Story. Well, all the like if there was ever a band that was made for all those behind the music specials, Jesus, like Guns and Roses is like it's just it's insane.
0: If you slow down the intro to Sweet Child of Mine, it says Paul is dead. What?
2: <laughs> you blew my mind. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Slash is such an... Well, we've talked about Slash
2: before, that he's such an interesting guy, and he's introspective and smart, and he seems like a kind man and all these things. And he's, he's a
1: good just, dude. We've, he, we've yeah. had him on, and I've talked to him right. off the show. And that was and the great. one where you guys were talking about dinosaurs, and yes. it was so
2: interesting, and Axel just does not seem like that
1: guy. No. No.
0: I wanted to to do a YouTube video at the Nerdist channel called Slash's Dino Corner where he would just sit in a big leather chair and dispense facts about dinosaurs and then shred out. (laughs) So...
1: (laughs) It's such an amazing. We were
2: ta- I I, I, I do a couple of podcasts. I'm promoting my new book called Up, Up and Away, and it's about the Montreal Expos, and it's super cool. And you should pick it up. And uh, even if you don't care about the Expos, it's 35 years of team history. I talk to everybody relevant. Now it's in paperback. It's me. in paperback. It just came out, and it's definitely a lot of fun, blood, sweat, and tears, and it's great. So I was doing the um, Scar Brothers podcast, Friends of the Show, Scarborough obviously. Scarborough, uh, Scarborough County. Scarborough I'm not, County. not big time enough for country. Okay, but that's all right. And um, and we start talking about something. Speak of dinosaurs, and somehow. We were talking about one thing like a certain kind of fanfic and then we went on to dinosaur fanfic and I started talking about it as if I had some fluency in it and then it became obvious that like somebody on the internet is going to photoshop me doing something with a triceratops and it, it was very it's very horrifying when you're on a podcast and you can't take the words back. Right. And uh triceratops yeah. Tri- they were oh you know, they were they were doing it was it was yeah, right. So
1: don't say things that you can't take back, kids because that's bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Never say something and then act like you don't want it to happen. <laughs> and also, don't dare your bosses to suspend you, Simmons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that also happened last time I was here. That, oh, but the suspension happened in the
2: interim, yeah. I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is that over? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Everything yeah. fine now? Yeah. Good. You know, I'm. I t- I t- He's doing all kinds of cool stuff. I had a conversation with Bill oh, at Bill. the Emmys. Oh, nice. And he was so nice. He and it was just nice. kind of like, we got to do something together, sort of a thing. And then I'm. We're both. Our schedules sucked so much that we haven't talked since then. It was in August, but Bill is a super cool guy. Yes, and and he was very very kind. He's
2: a, a renaissance man. Like he's into every. You know, it started like as a sports thing, but now like he hosts Oscar shows on ABC. Still, and I've
0: still never met him
2: somehow. Which you're a Red
0: Sox guy. Yeah. thinks so. And in
2: LA, people just meet each other yeah no and, and the 30 for 30 film series like even if you're not a sports person if, I would recommend these documentaries Kyle's nodding too and, and Kyle's not a gigantic sports guy yeah <laughs> yeah there's some really great Your There's one, one is still broke broke is it's about athlete, you know, athletes who make a hundred million oh, yeah, and they lose they all, all their just, money
0: how do they lose all their money they spend like they're always going to be making that amount of money
2: and they also have a lot of demand Not all of them, but a lot of them have demands on their time. They, like there's these posse's emerge and start to suck them dry, and and uh, yeah, they just buy a Bentley every month, and and it adds up. It's crazy. There's another one about um, Pablo Escobar and soccer. The two Escobar, the two Escobars. That's still my favorite. That's a, I think that might be a two-hour one. Great.
0: Yeah,
2: unbelievable. You could not give a fig about soccer, and you would think this is. Unreal this movie. I mean, this is like on par with whatever your favorite feature film was last year. Like some of them are so They're good. good. They're all And really you know, good. him and Connor Shell and a couple other people, Jason basically just said, let's just do this. Let's just with ESPN's having a 30th anniversary. And now there's like shorts. We just had Errol Morris did a bunch of stuff on Grantland all last week. Errol Morris wow. is the coolest. Yeah, wow. Mad knows. Yeah, he's the coolest. And so it's just it's Bill and and he hired good people. This guy Dave Jacoby runs all our film and, and podcast stuff is great. And uh, it is so amazing to work with a group of people who are a brilliant and be so aggressive. They're just like, yeah, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just make this thing happen. So I'm I'm all into that. I think that the Nerdist Industries and the the Grantland Universe there's that same entrepreneurial spirit.
1: Well, because th- what you know, what I wanted to do probably in two thousand and two was um, make a a documentary about how most people don't know that there was a time when bowling was like a premier sport where it was like bowlers were treated the same way that premier athletes are treated now yep. in the bowling from probably the 40s through the late 60s early 70s and then it kind of started going downhill uh from there for professional bowling but you know like but my dad lived in a time when when he was on tour that it was he, has cr- he had crazy stories about stuff because, of the, because they were, they were so whatnot. high profile. Yeah. Like, bowlers, like bowling was on and people watched it. Uh, and it'd, watch be, it'd be kind of cool to, to highlight a time when, you know, like what that, wh- why and what that was. What were the contributing factors to the downfall and, you know. You go to the Grandland people.
2: Mm-hmm. You write a one pager. You discuss it with them. You find the right people to make it. There's a pretty good chance they'll make it.
0: Nice, very
2: true. They will. They, it's, if you have a good idea, they'll go for it. And it could, there's all kinds of ways that we could do. We have these shorts that are like twelve to fifteen
0: minutes. Maybe there's it's a that. great one on the Arnold Palmer. There's a great yeah. One. It's, it's just it's how short. did the Almer,
2: like it? It doesn't have to be this hardcore sports thing. The Arnold Palmer is the simplest. Just he made a drink and we made a thing of it. There was one about this married couple who live in Nantucket. They're probably seventy.
1: Were their dicks so long that anyway. they were very long dicks and for. <laughs> Come on, guys. Because why not? Because I just like the idea that it was a couple, and that, her, that the, wife <laughs> the woman had a, had really a long, long dick, dick too, because they lived in Nantucket. Correct. And
2: um, until not that long ago, they were the schedule makers for Major League Baseball. They're just these people. And they control all of baseball. So like, they really did have big dicks. <laughs> they, <laughs> they control more or less, all of They're baseball. like, oh, Milwaukee, you're off to Houston today. And like, you know, any complaint or, or positive thing you had to say about it was about that. And it's like 11 minutes, whatever. And so there's all kinds of things. And so these, it used to be that the 30 for 30 was designed to be just the last 30 years. This is obviously an older topic than that, but by no means is it off limits. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely sports. Uh, and I think that if you can. Isolate the one nugget that you want rather than, here's a big story about bowling. Maybe it is about your dad. You know, Maybe he's the focus point. Maybe it's a, a specific thing about a specific year. Maybe it's like, this is the story of 1965 when everything went crazy. Whatever. You find that nugget, that's a movie. And I'd watch the hell out of that, by mm-hmm. the way.
1: It could be 30 for 30. Anything that's happened in the last 30,000 years. So you could just go Again, back this. to the Triceratops fanfic. <laughs> well, that's not 30,000 years. Well, okay. Let's get on the sorry, fence here sorry, with science. No. Well, uh, I mean, according to Ken Ham... I mean, the well, next thing going to say thousand. is you're not vaccinating. Come on.
2: What I'm saying is the that dinosaurs the Earth were snuffed invented 5,700 years ago. According to my Jewish uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> upbringing in the Old Testament, it wasn't <laughs> the Torah. It's
1: Thomas Edison invented the Earth. <laughs> There's a <laughs> disappearance in the fossil record at about 65 million years ago. Correct. But it's not important. Um but uh, this would be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, you should. You have to find the time for it, obviously. But God damn it! But even if it was your maybe the new Apple Watch can carve out extra time in the I think week. I'm gonna get it. The gold one? No. <laughs> Are you That's... gonna get the sport version? You're gonna get yeah, the aluminum I the sport version. version? I don't need the. What? How? The, uh, I'm
2: confused one. by that kind of wearable. Is it literally just a phone on your arm?
0: No, it's. Well, I mean, to a point, it is. Yeah. To a point, it is. Yes, uh, but just the ease of i mean it does all these very cool fitness tracking things that, right. are, that are everyone's wearing those now anyway yeah. uh but i think just the ease of being able to look at a clock face and underneath the clock face it says what my next appointment is
2: yeah you don't have to yeah you don't have to bring a blue calendar or whatever
0: and just getting a text message and just going like that and looking at the text message is just
2: what percentage of people do you think wear watches i haven't worn a watch in at least 10 years. You
0: know, I don't, I don't know, but I argue it will probably get higher. I think a lot of people, I think the transition, I think Apple waited the right amount of time because they waited for these, all these Fitbits and, yep. and uh, you know the Nike Plus thing and so on and so forth. They waited for all these things to be worn. And I see them all the time on mm-hmm. people without watches mm-hmm. that just want to track their steps. And I think yeah, they I used waited. to have
2: a thing that you clip on your yeah, belt yeah, yeah.
0: or whatever. Yeah, but they waited for enough people to get used to wearing something on your wrist again to go. Here's this thing that does everything.
1: But that's what they do. They they sort of like wait in the weeds to see what is going to pop. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see like what what's in their reject bin of like stuff that they were about to launch and then went ah never mind the market can't bear this. It'd yeah. be fun to be fun to know what's down there. It'd be fun to know what where this m- mythical. TV unit that Steve Jobs was working on when he <laughs> died. Right. Where whatever happened to that? I had a great dinner conversation yesterday.
2: We were talking about it was a group of us, and we were talking about um, making something, making people want something that you didn't think that they wanted, and it could even be a product that exists, but that you know it's just not commodit commoditized. And so, coffee, like obviously Starbucks is the big one, and then Apple's <laughs> another one. Dating, <laughs> yeah, but then like. Like the Beats by Dre company, everybody had crappy Apple earphones or earbuds that, are earbuds that were yeah. free, and then oh, why don't I just sell a three hundred dollar pair of, of, of headphones? And now everybody has one, and they just got three billion dollars or whatever. You know, how the hell did that happen?
1: It's I mean, it, a lot of it is uh, design and branding and story and, we and a status yeah. symbol. Yeah, you know, like it's a, it's a status symbol, and then when the right adopters have it, then you know, everyone else wants it. Too. I mean, like they were, they were great-looking yep. headphones, and they had a very simple design and a simple logo and, you know, Dre, oh, Beats, Dre, like, great name, like, every, everything about it was just the, the nice, you know, a nice nexus of, like, they're just sort of the survival of the fittest. Like, they were the one, all so, the elements. The
0: other interesting thing about the new Apple MacBook, no headphone jack. What? You have to Bluetooth.
1: With oh, how? I don't with know With your that. sweet
0: Bluetooth Beats headphones.
1: Uh, uh, Synergy. Oh. Synergy. That's a bad idea. I mean, but there's idea. so
0: many Bluetooth headphones
1: right now. This makes me wonder, though. I guarantee oh, you, they're they're always, not. They're
0: not down with that.
1: No, I'm not Count down Katie. with that either.
0: I know you're not down with it, but guys, guess what? It's going to happen.
1: Well, but, but the problem is you can't always carry a set of, of cans around. Like, you need – like, I just roll up headphones and put them in my pocket. Yeah, that's why earbuds are – they're, they're pretty crappy, but, yeah, you can just take them with you.
2: Well, my question is what's the – like, now There's it just gets me, what's the so next thing? Ideas. Like, is it – oh, well, obviously mustard now. I could buy it for $14 or whatever. Like, what's going to be the next – What's the next commodity? Because all these things are so simple, like, so simple. I just obviously well, the technology well, to
1: make an iPhone is tough, but still, uh, the you idea know, is easy. A- Apple could make a car at some point. Yeah, there's well, drivers of that.
2: Yeah, that.
1: there was a thing on Reddit where there was a driverless Mercedes touring yeah, around, San, around Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. If I can come into serious
2: money and I'm not a car person at all, I just I want a Tesla more than life itself.
1: Oh, you do? they
2: so and everybody in LA drives one, but in every other city in America, it's not a normal thing. Like yeah, nobody drives a Tesla so many around here. I went to. I had a. I went to. the CA building to have lunch with someone yeah, one day. I'm sure there was seven of them. Every the single car is a Tesla. Yeah. So I guess if everybody has one, it's not a big deal. And I don't want one because it's a status symbol. I just saying, it's green. It's high technology. Like We had cars our whole lives, and technology was never deployed. Maybe you'd have the rear camera for parking, but every, everything leaped, leapt ahead of it. Phones, electronics, everything. And suddenly now cars are just now saying, oh, wait, we should totally have tech too.
0: There's a fun <laughs> rule that's held pretty steadfast for the last... Two or three decades, and that's if you want to know what's going to be on every car in five years, check out the newest S-Class Mercedes. Mm. That's interesting because they always they're always like shoving whatever the fuck they can in a car and doing it well, and then it always takes a few years for that to Tesla. S- but
1: even they've been trumped by Tesla. Tesla's, I mean, it's a, it's just but, so interesting. But Tesla, they're still shockingly expensive. Yes, they are. And they're, they're
0: not that bad. They're like, isn't it like? Isn't 70 70s. the base for for, for, cars, for, so. for a
1: base model, though, for a base model, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like, well, it takes a lot longer to charge with the base model, so if you want a faster charger, then that's an upgrade, And it, but but then you have to get the unit that can supercharge the car, which yep. is an upgrade, yeah. and so there's... the. When you upgrade it to a place, I think, which is to where you'd want it to be, it's you know one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars or something. Yeah, I also can't get to Vegas on a charge.
0: That's the problem. They're close.
2: I think the more advanced charge is like two forty or so. That's not. You're almost there. Yeah. And then the new one is uh or that's going to be coming out as an SUV. Um uh, whatever with SUVs, but uh, it looks beautiful, it has gull wing doors, and it doesn't have the SUV problem because it's obviously an electric motor
1: or whatever, and I have two kids, I can stick them in the back and the BMW I is kind of an interesting looking car.
0: The I eight's gorgeous. Yeah
1: it's pretty it might is be a car all, that is it also yeah. electric it, yeah. it oh. might be a car that we think is ugly in 10 years but right now it's super i was i was kind of nosing around like oh i wonder what that i wonder something that but it is it it is a weird driving around town car i saw one on melrose the other day
0: hmm. yeah oh yeah. No, that's yeah. beautiful yeah objectively but the, but
1: but the but the uh, the delorean doors which are different i dig it I like those doors. Actually, cars. they're not DeLorean. Those actually open up like those Matchbox are like
0: Lamborg- cars. That's what Tesla has like with the SUV. Yeah, yeah. The same. cuz I mean it's just a much better way to go cuz you don't have you don't need 12 inches of clearance on this.
2: Who side. didn't have it's a Lamborghini gonna... Countach poster on their wall next <laughs> to the, next to the Samantha Fox poster? I mean,
0: I'm, every kid I knew
2: had those two posters. Next to a
1: guy uh, in riding pants sitting on the hood of a Rolls-Royce with holding a martini that says poverty sucks. <laughs> Was the classic 80s poster uh, <laughs>
2: that I did not have? Kind of awesome. Though. No, the Samantha
0: Fox poster. So, oh, wait, Samantha hey, Fox. Come was on. The, she she s- was the best. Those are some good boobs.
1: <laughs> so I just went
0: back to <laughs> I'm trying angry. to remember <laughs> what the
1: <that was laughs> <old> song was. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the song I want to have some fun, but she had a
2: couple. Mm, yeah, I think that, that was a big one. It's very generous of you.
1: I want to have some fun. <laughs> I'm not going <gonna laughs> to move my body join all night long. I'm
2: not joining you, but yes. Jonah wants to have some fun. Well, and there was a big row because Katie Gibson was coming up with that. Katie Gibson? Debbie Gibson. And uh, Debbie Gibson. Had the tea, the teeny bopper thing too But she didn't look like Samantha Fox And so there was Like if you liked Debbie Gibson Then you were definitely In one totally different camp The Samantha Fox people It was pretty understood What was going yeah.
1: on there Well Samantha Fox Definitely played up More of the sexy angle Correct And not the I'm an innocent Yeah You know
2: And, and Tiffany was the other one Yeah Yeah
1: Tiffany but, was the But she, she
2: was kind of halfway in between
1: A little bit Yeah She ended up in Playboy Tiffany She ended up in Playboy yeah. Yeah yeah, and, and I don't know, like 92 or something. I mean, it was like a sometime
0: in the 90s. I feel like it was later than that. Just based remember. on the documentary, I Think We're Alone Now, which everyone should watch on Netflix. It's, really? Yeah. I'd watch that. Oh, watch that. Please watch that. Is
1: it about the superfan?
0: Yeah, it's about the weird superfans. Like, they follow four weird superfans of Tiffany around. It's a delight. Of Tiffany. Yeah. But like in 2011 or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, they must there's be. There's one in Colorado. Uh, There's one
1: of everything in Colorado. Apparently. I it's do, an interesting place. I do like Colorado, and I do enjoy Denver, and I could totally see like someday I'll just get a ranch in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Just you check do, out my index fund. I'm getting there. The net, <laughs> the net number of people moving to town is like three thousand a month. It's wow. especially if you're like
2: twenty eight and single and like you're just starting, you know, kind of getting your career going. Like everybody moves there, and it's oh my a god! Little, if I, if I'm playing in Denver in Sim
1: City, I'm very happy mayor right now. It's it's nuts, and 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 the, the <laughs> week that is a good. <laughs> I just reference. got a thumbs up from Cass. <laughs> Oh, my sanitation's good. All oh, my plumbings. Everyone's getting the water they need. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the right roads. Making sure highways are in the right places. Um, For le- forging deals with neighboring towns. The
2: legalization thing. <laughs> and that's what everybody asks. Like if you come to town, so, like oh, you, so you know what that means, park. Jonah.
1: You know what that means. Alien attack soon. No, no, in Denver.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, they have all this um, kind of industrial space kind of ringing the city, like a lot of cities, and they're they're all full. They're all just grow houses. There's like, I don't know, they said 5 million square feet of grow just all around the city. And there are people moving there who are entrepreneurs, and you'll meet them at a cocktail party or at a bar or whatever. Like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Bob. What do you do? Uh, oh, I control a million square feet full of marijuana production. It's like, do you smoke? No. Do you support the... Are you in favor? No, not really. It's just like this was an opportunity to make money, and there are a, a zillion people coming down to do it. There's other things, too. There's other growth industries, and this gives you... Like Uh, delivery services. Like delivery services. (laughs) But what's funny is... The Flamin' Hot Cheetos factory is (laughs) triple. Oh, so Peyton Manning, the best uh, business decision of all time, as soon as he signed with the Broncos, which was right when legalization was just about to happen, he opened like a million Papa John's.
1: Oh. Oh, is that why he's in those weird commercials? Yes. Yeah. He owns a lot of them. Yes. Because I was trying to figure out, like you watch those Papa John's commercials, and you're like, this was the best read for the whole day? Well, they made it like at the Papa
2: John's across the street from my house. So, you know, it's not very oh. exciting or anything like that. Yeah,
1: that's right, Peyton Manning. <laughs> You're yeah. hit. I
0: love that Peyton's not doing a bad job. It's John.
1: They're they're <laughs> all they're, they're all guilty of it. Wow. Well. I didn't know that he opened a bunch of. Oh my he god! He did
2: like right away. He bought a bunch, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really. There's other, like I said, there are other things going on, but I find this all fascinating. And your priorities change when you get older. If you're 21, you're like, eh, "Fucking, hey, we're gonna go." bowls and bowls and bowls and bowls now it's like tax revenue for my kids kick ass all right public schools are gonna benefit i love it yeah which which they have like the money's rolling in because it's taxed and rolling rolling
1: because doobies (laughs) where'd you get that joke pot topic come on guys (laughs) what's happening Ah, uh, where we go? Kyle is feverishly
2: scribbling down Pot Topic. It's definitely happening on the tour. It's for one hundred percent chance. I'll sell it to Doug.
1: <laughs> I'll sell it to It'll Doug. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so your book uh, is called Up, Up uh, and Away. Expose,
2: Exposé. Several people suggested that I call it Expose. No joke.
1: And then, the, but and you were like, "Fuck you guys." I don't think I quite said that because okay. I am Canadian, but you yeah. were like, it, "The original book was called G and R Riot." Uh, all about the good, Montreal Expos.
2: Good, very good.
0: <laughs> like it.
1: <laughs> the four chapters about the riot, I think, were a little much. Uh, <laughs> Only tangentially involved because it was in the stadium. But other than that, it didn't really have anything to do with the Correct. Montreal Expos. And not too much.
2: But the thing about... So I'd written a previous book and um, even as a non-sports person, you know what Moneyball is. So my first book was called The Extra 2%. And it had like shades of... I didn't, didn't blow up quite the way Moneyball did, but it did pretty well and whatever. And so this one, because I grew up in Montreal, is very. There's some a little bit of autobiographical stuff in there, and that's an interesting thing. Like if you meet a writer, most writers, if they're nonfiction, well, either way, they just don't inject themselves into the story. Really, you're writing about your topic, you're writing about music, or you're writing about your food, right, or whatever, and you're not getting too much into your own stuff. In this case, my editor said. Yeah, yeah, do that. Put yourself in there. Talk about your stories with your idiot friends or this thing that you experienced or whatever. There was a weird uh Forrest Gump moment when they were trying to build a new stadium. It didn't ultimately happen. But the first focus group, uh for some reason my buddy got invited. I think he knew like the head of the company or whatever. And he was like we were young, we were like in our early twenties. And uh, he's not a big baseball fan. He said, "You're going to go do it." So I go to the first focus group when they're building a new state, when they're talking about building a new stadium. And there's all these people there, and they're business people in their 40s or whatever, and I'm this young kid or whatever. But I'm the most diehard Montreal Expos fan, which is the most niche thing that there could ever be. Like, really, there were not that many of us. And uh, we start talking about this, this, and they give their answers. And I'm kind of being shy at first, and then finally I say. No, we need to do this, this. And I take over the whole room. And it's like if you were like a focus group for a show, but you had one loudmouth giving all the suggestions for like 45 minutes. And then when they put forward the plan like six months later, every single thing that I said was in the plan. So if the stadium had been built, it would have been, oh, yeah, the Jonah concourse with like the special kinds of hot dogs or this or that. Like they just took all of it. They're like, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. So that like stupid little things like that are there. And it's also repertorial. It's also talking to 150 people and all the players and this stuff. And so it's quirky and you learn stuff. And even if you're a fan of the Yankees or the Cubs or the Red Sox or whatever, I think that anytime you can go that in-depth on one topic and get so much information and present it in a fun way, it plays. And so that, that's sort of the, the, the running thing with the Expos. Is it, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. If you follow the team or care about the team or whatever, it just, it's a lot of fun. And three chapters
1: on the best poutine place. in uh... That's
2: a big debate that even I can't answer right now. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a tough, tough question. Well, this is like the best. Like L.A. is a very underrated burger place. Yeah, very underrated. Yep. What is the best burger in L.A.? Well, I
1: tried Garden to. State. I tried to go the to Golden Father's State. office. I just State. went there on Friday night for the first the Golden time. Golden State's it's great. I, Golden we State. Went,
2: we went there and we went to the Dime. It was nice. a
1: great. Okay. Night.
0: The Dime so is the best.
1: We went to. Uh, I went to Father's office in Culver City. Very good. Not very good. Really? Fucking dickhead food hipsters. Oh, you can't substitute anything. Not. Wasn't a substitute. I'm allergic to onions. Oh, and so I said, oh, I just I just want to not have onions and just very flatly. No modifications. And I go, yeah, I get it. I just I'm allergic to onions. I can't eat them. It'll make me sick. No modifications. Yeah. no. No, I understand. I have a food allergy. Well, then you're going to have to get something else. Now, I get it. It's their right to make whatever they want. It's a privately owned business. They don't have to service my needs. But I kind of feel like. Just in the interest of being a food hipster. And of course, I'm sure from his point of view, the chef's point of view, well, the consistency has to be a certain and this and this and this. But I'm going to scrape them off anyway. If you know what I mean, like why waste it? it, It's not like I was saying instead of the arugula, can you put barbecue sauce? Like I wasn't being (laughs) a douchebag. I was like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I cannot eat onions. They will make me sick. And they're like, well, then you can't have a burger. And it was just like, fuck you guys. Like, I don't. You know, like, do you really that? But wait, hang on, Matt. That <laughs> precious for a place that a smelled like a bar mat and b <laughs> only has three and a half stars on Yelp. Like, maybe don't be that fucking precious about it. So beers, we like so we went to uh, went to this place called La Burger on Pico. Uh, there's La Burger Bar, which is not where we went, but this place called La Burger, okay. which is a shack. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fucking a... amazing! All those old shack shacks. Bags. So I'm so glad. You put glad. like the shami on it and all these weird. So things. I, I highly don't recommend Father's Office because it's just a level of food hipsterism. It's like get fucking over Hello? yourselves. Yes, this is Father's Office. We'd like to be sponsored the Nurse Podcast. <laughs> oh, oh wait. Oh, oh no. I, I, I would sp- say no. I would say no modifications.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you should try Golden
0: State. It's on Fairfax. Golden State, right, right across from Canner. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's, it's great. simple.
2: It's just like you go up to the counter. There's like. five Well, you
0: went on Friday night and you didn't get the special of fish and chips. Come on. No,
1: I I'll did go. have
2: fish and chips, but I didn't do that. Yeah, that's the Friday.
0: That's night right special. next
2: to that's right next to No Name Bar, which is where yeah, Largo yeah, used yeah, to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. also the Dime, which might be my favorite bar in LA. Dime's very good. Dime's I love it. The Dime is just a
1: small. I know the unassuming bar. The, the Dime was. Um, the Dime was one of the last places I got drunk. Wow. Was because I was doing a show at Largo. And the dime is a couple doors down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and
0: I, I yeah. You know, the burger. And while we're ta- talking about you getting drunk and having burgers, but the burger at the tavern right there, Redwood Tavern.
1: Never been there. Very good burger, mm. pretzel bun. Now you're a fu- you're a food guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean like you are a yeah. food expert. Yeah. Um, is it is it wrong? Do you think if you have a food allergy to be like, please, I just can't eat this thing? Yes, it I is wrong. It,
0: I think I think if you can't, I think if you can't eat it, don't don't ask for it like I'm what I'm saying is if if the chef is that particular about everything then you know what you can't you can't have that I'm sorry
1: but did you
2: know coming in that they were that particular
1: no oh. I mean, I, mean I, I just assumed like I get that I get that but I mean like, I, I, I I would I would have I would have completely understood if it was like you know if I was like can you switch out the blah? like I understand no substitutions right. but modifications for a food allergy but right. you know but then again they have a right to make whatever they want they have a right to make whatever they want I just feel like it's sort of. Uh, but it's like if you want chocolate and you're allergic to peanuts, don't order a Reese's peanut butter cup and make me pull the peanut butter out. But pulling the peanut butter out of a peanut butter cup is different than, like, please don't put a thing on there. I know, but a,
0: didn't they have other burgers without onions?
1: No. No they burgers. They have one burger. Onion. They, had they no have onions? No, nope, they have one burger. I've only And, been and once the, the burger has caramelized onions on it, it has um, a blue cheese, a cam- some other type of cheese, yeah. and arugula. Uh-huh. I mean, but it's just there's I've one. have been there. There's so, one burger. Yeah, I've but but there. honestly, good, but yeah. honestly, and when I went in, it fucking smelled like a bar mat. Like mm. we sat, ended up sitting outside because it smelled gross inside, and yeah. so I think I just felt like. Your place smells like a bar mat, and you have three and a half stars, and you're this precious about not having onions on because of a food How allergy. How would
0: you like not go to HD Buttercup while you were there?
1: I, that's why I was that HD Buttercup. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Apple pan, out, Apple Pan's another big one. Apple sure. Pan's great. Yeah, and that's been there for freaking ever. Go good luck Apple getting a seat actually. at Apple Pan, though. It's just like that counter. Yeah, 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 yeah but, but there, it's so good. You, you go by you yourself at the weird yeah. times. When I was course. in Chicago, we ate at Kuma's Corner. Which was fucking amazing. It's basically uh-huh. like a metal. It's like a, a, a. Did I talk about this in the show already? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's basically like a like a a metal themed um, burger bar. CM Punk's the one that turned me on to it, and like all the burgers are named like the Mastodon and like all. Oh man, things. and it was one of the best burgers I've ever had in my entire life at Kuma's in Chicago this
2: is another thing about the whole branding thing you couldn't there was no such thing as a $16 cheeseburger and now you cannot go to any restaurant where right. there's not every restaurant has a $16 oh, cheeseburger oh
1: I went to
0: uh, Jean-Georges' restaurant in New York and uh, he has which a, is the legendary
2: cheeseburger, cheeseburger. is a cheeseburger. that the Manetta
1: Tavern? that's the other one in the New other York one, that's yeah, the yeah. other yeah
2: there's two biggies But yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: but I do think that people I do think there's a, a level where it's like all right, it's a burger. Like, like sometimes less is more. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't need. Well, I didn't know they only had one type of burger. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they just have one. They have one burger. <laughs> well,
0: fuck off. <laughs> That's
2: fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will try Golden State. Yeah, please do. Because that sounds amazing. Let me know. I'll go yeah, yeah. Uh, all right
2: yeah it's just super relaxed you just go up to the counter you order you sit there there's no decor you can't tell there's it's like the no-name bar there's there's i don't even think there's a sign there right is a right. tiny sign of this
0: thing. well you lydia lydia
1: it. eats like lydia eats almost <laughs> she orders like rare burgers like she likes oh, nice oh they'll cook it up for she's you, no like problem. a meat 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 eater
2: that's i love meat
1: yeah i cooked six steaks yesterday i went five years without eating do red with meat? them just
0: for the week i said oh I'm, for the that's week pretty yes. good yeah I cooked chicken and steak. I read week. The Omnivore's Dilemma
2: like eight years ago. Whatever came out. And I read it and my dad had a quadruple bypass at that time too. Oh. And uh, between the two things, I'm like, I'm done eating. I stopped eating mammals. So no pork, no beef, no whatever for five years. And I'm married to a vegetarian. I have two kids who are, have never eaten meat. They're five years old. They've never eaten meat. Because well, that's on you. It's on my wife, but okay. I threw her the bus. Hi. Uh, <laughs> she's an avid listener. And um, yeah, and I stopped and then like I went on this trip. We went, to, uh, we went to Hungary, and my family's from Hungary. I grew up with like heavy Hungarian meat, and it's the best or whatever. And I didn't – this, this time I wasn't eating, so I didn't have anything. And then I came back from the trip, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? What, who's benefiting from this thing? And there, there's this weird push-pull. Like ethically, I would be happy to not consume animals, but your body has this – I mean, maybe it's like alcohol and other things. You just, you want it and therefore you keep eating it. I don't, I don't know. And I, I'm going to, this is going to come up. My kids don't know that I'm a meat eater. They have no idea. Like I have daddy's a, dirty little secret. I have a separate part of the house where like there's a, a second fridge, and I keep like just chicken or whatever in there. But like they don't know, and what's that's like a whole conversation. Maybe you guys can advise me
0: on this. Also, I have to I've got news it. for you. Your kids are not going to stay vegetarian. They're going to be at school, and they're going to by the way, is okay. chicken tenders going by them, and they're like, oh, oh. If this happens,
2: <laughs> I think we're pretty okay with it, um, but not yet. Like there's yeah, no real sure. reason when they're little, so th- there's a real debate about this. So I, I don't know what's going to. This is like a. This is the big rubber hits the road thing happening in my forward. household.
1: right I look forward now. to the. To maybe your you can, maybe, here. maybe for their bar mitzvahs, you uh, serve them steak. Something. Yeah, like maybe it's like. Goulash. Go back to some of the Hungarian roots. Yes. Goulash pretty good. Yeah. Let's we'll see. So, uh, up, up and away, the story of uh, Jonah Carey's descent into meat lust <laughs> with the Montreal. Excels. I saw meat lust at Coachella last year. So Fantastic. So good. Right? So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see what else do we cover? Uh, don't go to father's office because I'm mad at them. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, for the four people, I mean, who know where Culver City is? Just fucking
0: make another type of burger. Don't be a they dick should. about it. I get no substitutions. Just have options.
1: Yeah. No. I think it's sort of a. It's, it's just. It's like there, there's an acceptable level of food hipsterism, and then there's a like, okay, you're being a little precious. But you know, but as someone who likes things the way that they like them and likes yeah. to present things the the way like as a comedian I of course want to present my ideas exactly the way that I want them presented so I assume that it's probably the same way with food with with food and I I grant someone the right for that but you know you don't need jokes to survive you got to eat to survive yeah. so I don't know and then um when does this come out who knows
2: know? okay so uh, 2016
1: in, uh- 2016. Jesus Christ. Is it?
2: Yeah, we're back. Uh, well, I was going to promote a thing that I'm doing at South by South but that doesn't matter anymore. We'll
1: do it just in case. Okay, so uh, the,
2: the coming weekend, it'll be Saturday, March 14th at the Ginger Man Bar in Austin at 8 p.m. Bye-day. That's right. Uh, me, Drew McGarry from Deadspin, and this guy, Brian Curtis, who I work with at Grantland, are doing this thing, and it has unlimited booze and a party bus, and people talking about
1: sports at South by Southwest.
2: So I don't know why anybody wouldn't go to this. It sounds pretty <laughs> amazing to me, and frankly, I would go if I wasn't on it. Well, I can uh. give
1: you three reasons why I wouldn't go. But, well, yes, uh,
2: But that's just me. You're literally... The Venn diagram is the worst. <laughs> it's over there. I like that you and I are friendly
1: because theoretically, there's no reason that we should be. <laughs> but you know, but you, know what's great is, you know what's great is that I'm not so... I think, we, I think people... And, and, and I, I blame this sort of Jew-run um, media like recommendation oh Yeah, maybe we just yeah. recommend, like <laughs> <laughs> Recommendation engines like we're very spoiled now into thinking that everything should be that we have to agree with everything 100% yeah. of the time yeah. and we have to and I am of the belief of like I can have friends who have completely different, you know, belief systems, and I don't have to understand everything that they're into, and we can still connect as human beings. And doesn't sort of be like, well, fuck that guy because he's into this, or you know, that person's into sports, or that person like I, I don't. It doesn't matter. I mean, those are just superficial qualities about someone's personality, like how people deal with the world. That's who they are, you know. So I, I think I think we don't have to. Automatically, like, well, fuck that guy because they like that. Like, this tribalism, they're such crazy. But the tribalism, it's so singular now. It's you
2: like you kind of make a living a little bit off of the tribalism in a way. I mean, once you shut your fucking mouth,
1: <laughs> once you get out of the tribe, you get out of
2: here now. But I the, mean, it's personal growth. It's when you connect with people that aren't exactly the same as you. You are out of your comfort zone. You that's good. It you is good. That. That's why people travel. It's it's the same thing
1: because you need to be exposed to things that you don't always understand to broaden yeah. your broaden your horizons. Because sure. like, then you stop growing. Like you said, that's when you stop growing. When I'm going to stop be- learning. You stop growing. You're going to become a huge fantasy
2: uh, sports person. And I'm going to play D and D for the first time. That's what's going to happen. That's that's what's coming out of this.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling D and D is simpler than fantasy sports though, because it's uh, more because yeah, D and no, D see, D&D is. is much more one dimensional. Like there's yeah. not, you know, the, they don't rely on a person to not get divorced. You know? I could, like you don't you don't have to worry you don't have to worry that um, you know that uh, that the some- rules are set. The parameters are set. Yeah.
2: Well, I grew up. But it's funny. A lot you're of my friends growing by up. An owl yeah, bear you're also your a bad marriage. Your,
0: your your mage elf is not going to have a <laughs> nagging uh, wrist injury that prevents his swing from really popping. <laughs> <laughs> his casting arm. <laughs> my, a lot of my friends growing up, maybe
2: most, were not sports fans, and they, they played Magic Gathering and all that stuff, and and uh, lots of risk and all these things. And I just was not into any of those things. And we're still good friends to this day. So I, I don't know how we made it work, quite frankly. But like, you know, a bunch of us would go out on a Friday night. Oh yeah, we're going to go to the, We'd go to like. Harness Harness racing, and then to the bar, and then to the baseball game. Like, it was these very you know weird it works things. works is that if you're
1: just Canada. nice to people, and you listen to what they have to say, yeah. and you try to relate to them, then, it's easy, then it works. Canada. Yep. Canada, Canada works. with the harness racing. Canada. 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 Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're at the end, Jonah Carey. Thank you. It's good to see you. I hope you enjoy your trip to Los Angeles.
2: I did very much. I love this place. I lived here once. I would live here again. My wife, who's from Los Angeles, hates it. Hmm. But Den- Denver's kind of, you know, milk and honey over there. There's some stuff happening.
0: Opportunity. Denver's good. good shit. They got that's bojos. Got some honey on that crust. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's. I live right near there, by yeah. the way. It's oh, that was
1: so good. Good yeah. place. We yeah. were in a coma after we yeah, ate that, that fucking... Because so we good. just got that's a bunch of different stuff and split everything. Oh, the honey with the fucking pizza.
2: My crust. recommendation next time is maybe you partake in a particular activity beforehand so you can enhance <laughs> your experience and then you can really... Not no, you, I, would just,
0: you know. I would just fall asleep in the
1: honey. Okay. I would be like, what have I done?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no career
0: My career is over.
1: <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> i got going to tweet and tell everybody about this. <laughs> no, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: enjoy,
1: enjoy your green burrito. <laughs>